Blog Talk Radio. A council on the future of education. Fire, frustration, and discord are burning in every city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Council on the Future of Education podcast. We're also doing a little cross-pollinating here today because this is also going to be with us on the Practical Principles uh, website and their podcast as well. Kevin Monahan and I, who are we're two principals from the South Park School District, and we like to run these podcasts for our parents as well. So uh, we're going to be doing a little dual purpose going on here today. Uh, how are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing well. Hello, everybody. Long time no see. Uh, Kevin and I are also in a band together, so we see each other every darn day. But the uh, we have a lot of fun together, and we do a lot of great stuff here together. And it's nice having you on board, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. I look forward to this. Absolutely. So today we're talking about uh, makerspace, and it's one of those terms that I think has uh, has become a uh, boogeyman type of type of term because no one really knows or thinks they know what it means. Um, so Kevin and I have been doing a little bit of exploring on you know, what is a makerspace, what are the benefits of the makerspace. I figured we'd share that uh, with you today a little bit. Um, Kevin, when you were doing some of your investigating, uh, what did you find out about the old idea of a makerspace? Honestly, it was really interesting, uh, Rob, because really, you know, makerspaces have only been around, you know, you know, for a short period of time. And I think that, w- that they have been put into place to make sure that um, 21st century skills are being taught to our students so that they can succeed in the future. And I think what they provide is they provide collaborative atmospheres where, you know, students, you know, can exercise critical thinking and problem solving skills. They're still able to be creative. Um, They need to communicate with each other. And it just opens up, you know, um, doors to different types of literacy, such as in like technology, uh, information and media literacy. And I know that in my building, Rob, um, we have a few spaces here that would be considered true maker spaces. And we can discuss that, you know, once uh, you give your uh, synopsis on that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the maker spaces, it's kind of an interesting concept because I've heard so many people uh, call it by different names, as well right. as have different definitions um, yes. to me. And from what I can gather by reading all these different uh, people's opinions on this is a maker space could really be uh, any place that has really any material that kids can explore creating things. Uh, if yes. you take, if you take all sorts of computers and wires and, uh, electronic gizmos and gadgets and throw it all in the room and tell the kids, Hey, you know, go break that stuff down and build it back up and try to make something out of it. That's a makerspace. Or you could take construction paper and cardboard and plastic tubes and old bottles and throw that all into a room and say, Hey, go in there and break some stuff and make some new things out of it. That also is a makerspace. So really it's, it's it, the way I look at it is it's really any location that you can put kids in an area with material, no matter what that material might be, and let them be creative. Uh, One thing that I read that I thought was really interesting is not only the creation, but the destruction of some things. Um, 
that not being a bad thing. <laughs> like, for example, I'm a drummer. I'm also a, a guitar player. So as Kevin, you know, I would have loved to have had the opportunity to have some old $10 crappy guitar sitting around from an old pawn shop somewhere. And a teacher would have told me, hey, tear that thing apart and diagram it while you're doing it. I mean, that would have been amazing to see how that worked and the electronics inside of it. Um, that would be also the concept of a makerspace, taking something and just tearing it apart to learn and figure it all out. Kevin, let's well, hear about you yours think, over at the middle school. Well, if you think about it, Rob, I mean, if you think about reverse engineering, about how, you, you know, even in our governments when, you know, you, know, you find a lot of uh, theft going on <laughs> with yeah. intellectual property, right? And how right. these people are able to take that information and break it down and reverse engineer things. I mean, pretty much that's similar to what, you know, we're asking them to do in the classroom, right? Absolutely. And and it's a great learning experience. I mean, talk about learning what that is and what it looks like and how that all works. Just getting your hands dirty. And and we talk about a lot of that when we're dealing with uh, teachers. In in my book that I wrote, Future Ready Challenge, I talk a lot about the uh, wash, rinse, dry, repeat cycle and how we get ourselves stuck into uh, doing the bell ringer, then reviewing the homework, then doing the next chapter, doing the next worksheet in the workbook, and then the next day it's the same thing. Wash, rinse, dry, repeat. These ideas of makerspaces would be an awesome opportunity to let kids get their hands dirty because they want to do these things. Nobody in their school, if you think about, you know, remember when, when you were in elementary school, do you remember the best worksheet you ever did? Heck no, but I bet you you're, you would remember if somebody gave you an opportunity to go in a room and said, create something, you know, use, use this, this, and this skill, but I want you to create something, or I want you to break something down or simulate something. These are the experiences kids remember, and these are the experiences that kids learn, and that's what we're aiming for, this whole idea of learning. Kev? And that's kind of like what, um, like with, we're very blessed, Rob, with the technological advances that we have. Um, today. And you're right. When we were younger, you know, those were the things that I remembered most was the the hands-on type of activities. Um, Now it is so interesting that our kids are exposed to technology and exposed to different, uh, you know, just educators and um, other people who influence them who are um, technologically literate per se, and they're able to find really meaningful uh, inroads to making connections with these students and helping them to find something that interests them. When we have our applied engineering and technology class, that class is actually, I would consider the three areas that we have as maker spaces. Because oh, we have so many different things occurring in those spaces. Oh, without for a example, doubt. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. For example, um, you know, in one area, you know, um, Mr. Winnington, our applied engineering technology teacher, you know, we're, we're having our students uh, design, prototype, and create things on our three, you know, through 3D printing or through computer-aided uh, drafting. You know, we have laser engraving and laser cutting um, capabilities. We have students working in just robotics, designing uh, different types of robots to perform different types of functions based on a problem that is presented. We even have something, you know, including like welding, where we have students that are interested in that in time, they're allowed to explore even the welding process or even woodworking. 
And in the future, we're looking at putting together an animation station along with our TV studios where students who, you know, have that interest will be able to explore the different options and to create, you know, animation, you know, based on skits. And it's interdisciplinary, too, which is so exciting in itself. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, uh, that's interesting you just said all that because I'm going to read something that's going to uh, validate everything you just said. Uh, On one of the websites, when I was doing some research on this, I ran into it's called makerspaces.com. It's a really cool site if you're into this idea. And um, here are some ideas from the makerspaces.com website. Every makerspace is unique, and the projects that are worked on inside of them are also very diverse. Here are just some of the things you can do in a makerspace. And, Kevin, I think you're going to, as I read this, you're going to hear about three-fourths of these you just mentioned. Coding. 3D printing, laser cutting, soldering, electronics, robotics, learn circuits and electricity with paper circuits, sewing, woodworking, take apart sessions. That's what I was talking about with the guitar and inventing. Those are just some of the examples. And boy, you just hit a bunch of them. So uh, I'm glad I'm glad my son's in your school right now, too, I guess. huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> See, that's right. But but people don't get concerned about this idea of having to have all this technology, because I think that's what scares some people away as well. You know, I don't have a 3D printer. I don't have a laser cutter. I don't have all this stuff. What am I supposed to do? You could do this same stuff with pretty much any material. Just give them a chance to play with it. I mean, take off anything that's dangerous. You know, if you're going to have them take apart a, a lawnmower or something, make sure you take the blade out first. But generally speaking, you can do this with any material, just giving right. them the opportunity to, to be creative and, and, and to just get their hands dirty. Um, you know, it would be interesting to take like an engine and have to take apart bits and pieces of the engine and be able to uh, write technical writing about what you're seeing and what you're doing. Um, you had mentioned the idea of it being cross-curricular. You know, just mm-hmm. think if you're taking apart an engine, just think of the math that would be involved and the science that would be involved, the history of the engine for social studies. Then you're talking about all the writing you would have to do, the technical writing and all that. Your one little makerspace experience could be a huge cross-curricular experience. Absolutely, Rob. And that's what we encourage here at our middle school. You know, we want to see our students, you know, crossing, you know, their disciplines because we want to see, make them uh, make connections and see how, you know, learning, you know, relates to other disciplines and how relevant and meaningful it can be. Instead of just the old traditional style of, you know, drill and kill, you know, I think inquiry sometime is the best way for students to really grasp a strong understanding of a concept. And as you said, oh. by putting out something, you know, putting materials out there and saying, you know, or maybe introducing a problem or maybe just saying, okay, you know, take these materials here, um, create something useful and, you know, and have them really take the time to design and model it. And then to be able to articulate why they put together what they did and how it functions. Absolutely. And uh, for those of you that are on uh, listening to us from somewhere other than Pittsburgh, uh, I'm sure you have these options too. But uh, I wanted to talk real quick about Kidsburg, K-I-D-S-B-U-R-G-H.org. It's one of our Pittsburgh uh, area initiative websites. And they have a whole list of makerspace sites around Pittsburgh that kids can go to 
to have these experiences. Uh, for example, uh, the Children's Museum, oh, Hosanna House, uh, have this have this setup where you could get your kids involved in this. Uh, the Flower House, which is in Wilkinsburg, uh, Pittsburgh for Center of Creative Reuse. Uh, mm-hmm. There's just a lot of places now, the Maker's Place and the Maker's Clubhouse, which looks like it's uh, uh, out in Homewood. So just right around the Pittsburgh area, you have as parents an opportunity to get your kids involved in these things and take them out to these things and have these experiences. Uh, there is a lot of cool stuff out there that that yeah. these kids can have these experiences without us obviously having to own all of this stuff. Um, I know there there was there's one called Lego Land or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but uh, it was a, it was just a whole room full of Legos and the kids can build and do all those kind of things. You know the possibilities are endless and the experiences that, the, that these kids are going to have is going to be second to none. Hey, uh, Kevin, Amen. can you briefly tell us about, I remember Alex doing a, uh, a roller, was it a roller coaster design challenge or something like that? Oh, there was the Rube, you know, he does the Rube Goldberg, uh, you know, experiment where the kids, yeah, I mean, that, that's, you know, been in place for, you know, the longest time. Um, we do a lot of different things, you know, we do model car building, boats, um, we have the kids make designs and then fabricate, you, you know, their designs. You know, you know, we try to integrate a lot of the technology along with even the hands-on, like woodworking, 3D printing type of activities, in order to make it relevant. You know, there's nothing like seeing a kid, you know, have an idea, be able to put it into the computer, and then on the 3D printer, it comes out. And I mean, that type of learning to have that instantaneous gratif- gratification to see, you know, their their modeled product right there. I mean that. I mean that speaks volumes for these maker spaces. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I got to be honest. I, I look at the kids today doing this, uh, all these different things, and I am so jealous that I didn't have it back when I was in school. Yeah, isn't that true? I mean, what an amazing experience it would have, it would have been to be able to, like I said, being a music person, making those guitar picks and tearing apart right. a guitar, building building other musical instruments together. I mean. It would have been in my wheelhouse. It would have been science. It would have been math. Right. All those things would have been gelled into one. Uh, what a cool experience. Uh, Amen. So, Kevin, get, give us one of your last thoughts here on Makerspace, and then we'll close this up. I just think that Makerspaces just provide opportunities for all kids, not just certain ones that have interest. I mean, if, if, some, if an educator is being creative enough, and they're able to provide opportunities for these kids, I believe that a Makerspace is a highly – engaging space where students can build those 21st century skills that they are going to uh, need to compete in a global economy. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself, brother. The, uh, and, and on top of that, parents, uh, if this is something that your kids have an interest in, there's no reason why you can't be doing this at home. Grab a bunch of various materials, let them go at it. Let them enjoy the experience of learning uh, with their hands through the idea of this makerspace movement. Uh, right. I would also advise anybody that wants to learn more. I really enjoyed the makerspaces.com website, uh, Kidsburg. If you're interested in looking for locations that you could take your children to have this experience as well and start that conversation at your school and say, Hey, what can we do to, to make this engaging experience more fun for our kids uh, and still make it a great learning experience. So That's thank right. you, Kevin, for stopping in, buddy. 
Hey, thanks for having me, guys. If you need any, uh, we're gonna... I was going to say, if anything, you can reach out to us uh, anytime. Be willing to talk with you about or even come in and visit the school. We'll show you what we have. Absolutely. And this is, uh, like I said, this is a dual podcast this time. This is for the practical principles and for the Council on the Future of Education. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you have a chance to hook up with us, I'm at Dr. Furman on Twitter. Kevin, give us your Twitter handle. It's, uh, I don't have that readily available, Robbie. <laughs> you don't remember it. All right. I think it's SPMS, uh, Mr. Monahan. But if not, you can contact me. I'll get it for you. Also, our <laughs> website is edufuture.us for the council. That's edufuture.us. This is Rob Furman and Kevin Monahan signing off. Thank you. Have a great evening. Take care, everyone. Discord, a burning in every city.